Welcome to the Talk of Fame Network. I got a good deal on those boys. The scout said they showed a lot of promise. With your Hall of Fame voters. Don't act like you're not impressed. Ron Borges. You want to punch me right now, but you won't. Rick Oslin. I don't know what we're yelling about! And Clark Judge. What in God's holy name are you blathering about? On SB Nation Radio. out all right it's not for summer it's out this week at least it's in northeast and ron you live in the northeast so you know what spring break means right i do but actually up here uh, in my part of the country we don't get out until next week clark which means another week of spelling tests lacrosse Ouch. practice hockey clinics math homework with any luck at all an animated movie on saturdays then we're off to hockey camp welcome <laughs> to wayne's world good for you <laughs> I'm in Ira's world. That, that would be Ira Kaufman. I'm down in Tampa. I came down here on spring break for our daughter because it's school's uh, spring break in Connecticut this week, and we have her here in Florida in the Tampa area. We're going to Clearwater and, and Tampa, of course. Then Disney World, of course, yeah. you know about Ron, in Orlando. Anyone's got a kid that's essentially going where you guys are not. Hey, Goose, um, I know you don't have any kids, but you ever been to Disney? Yes, sir. I've been to both of them, Disneyland and Disney World. Disney wow. World is Whoa. Disneyland on steroids. <laughs> you have any recommendations for us? Oh, it's been years, but uh, I remember the Matterhorn being a fun ride. Right, right. My How recommendation you, for you, Clarky, is the teacups. To make sure you're in charge of the spinning <laughs> wheel, not your daughter. Oh, you know what? I, when I was in California, I went to Disneyland, and I got on the teacups with my uh, niece. I said, never again. I got so sick. She goes, what is wrong with you? It just what is wrong with you? I love the teacups. But, yeah, I love Space Mountain and Flash Mountain, but... Uh, you know what? How about this recommendation? Hit the lottery, guys. I looked at the prices. Boy, it's not cheap getting into some of these places. Um, it was sort of like, I guess, parking in Jerry World in Dallas. What's, you know, I remember when we were there for the, the Super Bowl. What's the cost there for a Cowboys game? Well, a couple tickets a year. A few years back cost me 380 That didn't include parking and refreshments. So you're going to push $500 for the privilege of watching the Dallas Cowboys oh. play a football game. Oh, well, we're going to have four people going to the to Disney World. So I think we're going to spend somewhere around that for the privilege of going on Space Mountain and Splash Mountain. But the only place we're going today, of course, is the University of Southern California. As we launch the 6 and 7 Park College Draft Series, we're going to visit with former Heisman Trophy winner Carson Palmer and Hall of Fame wide receiver Lynn Swan, who's now the athletic director at SC, and relive some of the greatest moments in that program's history. And there are a lot of them. We're also going to visit with Hall of Fame voter and CSN Bay Area reporter, that'd be Matt Mayoko for his take on the 49ers and what they're up to, as well as hear why pass rusher Neil Smith, whom we spoke to last fall, deserves more than he's gotten from the Hall. But first, I want to ra- unravel some of those mysteries that are going on around the league, guys, and, and hope you can help me here. Let's start where we left off a week ago, and that, of course, would be Tony Romo, Goose's favorite quarterback. There's stories out there, Goose, where people are quoted, maybe in the Dallas area, saying they believe the odds of returning are better than 50%. Please. Goose, tell me they're wrong. Yeah, you don't commit to the number one seat in a network booth for millions of dollars of annual income just to walk out eight weeks into the season to go play quarterback for some needy team. You know, maybe if you're Chris Carter, you can leave your studio game. 
that's not the network's number one analyst here. I think Romar realizes it's time to get on with the rest of his life, and CBS has gold-plated that opportunity for him. I don't know, guys. From what I hear about his contract, he can walk, and uh, and of course he can walk. If Dak Prescott goes down on Sunday, Tony Romo will be standing next to the Goose Man on Monday. I tell you. And if some and playoff if, contender calls, if, he's leaving. <laughs> and if he came back, Ron, they'd throw a parade for him. Yeah, they would, exactly. I mean, somebody's going to throw tons of money at him. Something stupid's going to. Bledsoe told me years ago, he was two years retired, and the Jaguars tried to convince him to come back at for, like, stupid money, and that's why he almost took it because the money was stupid. And then he said, just before he agreed, he said, wait a minute, this is stupid. I'm only coming back for the money. And so he didn't do it. <laughs> well, since we're on the subject of Tony Romo, Ron, this is right in your wheelhouse here. The NFL is finding all players for participating in, of all things, arm wrestling last week in Las Vegas because they're prohibited, as Tony Romo was last year, of course, when he had to shut down that fantasy football convention, from participating in events <laughs> in casinos. Okay, so, Ron, riddle me this. The league just moved a team to Las Vegas, right? Yet it prevents guys from making money in sponsored events at casinos. Uh, That should be no problem with the Raiders, right? (laughs) Well, the whole thing is the kind of conflict of interest that makes attorneys wealthy and everybody laugh at the NFL. Uh, You cannot lie down with dogs and avoid getting fleas. It's ridiculous to say you're willing not only to put a team in the gambling capital of the world, but you were willing to take $650 million from the biggest casino operator in the country, Sheldon Adelson, but a football player can't arm wrestle with a truck driver from Utah because it's in a casino? Please. Laughing stocks. This is also the league that allows its teams to sell advertising space to fantasy football leagues bankrolled by DraftKings. The last time I looked, that was a form of gambling. I think the NFL has become the we-can-do-it-but-you-can't league. Yeah. The cha-ching league. Um, okay, <laughs> now to another quarterback, and that's Ron's guy. That'd be Colin Kaepernick. Uh, he still doesn't have a job, and, of course, everyone wants to know why. Now it's 49ers coach Kyle Shannon is weighing in, saying uh, ah, it may simply come down to this. He's a tough fit for most NFL offenses. And, you know, Ron, I'm not so sure about that. I think it comes down to this. He's just not very good. How about you? <laughs> well, maybe a little bit of both. Uh, plus, uh, he now brings baggage. You can bring baggage if you're potentially a great player or at least a proven one, you can bring baggage if you're unusually adept at your job. You cannot bring baggage if that's what all the, you bring in, baggage. Kaepernick's problems are lack of passing accuracy, if we talked about in the past, even when he's winning. And also a particular playing style that's difficult to duplicate. I think Shanahan's somewhat right about that, meaning that you almost have to have two offenses uh, ready in case he gets hurt, but you, you probably don't have a backup who can duplicate his rather unique ability to run fast and throw wildly. You know, and the fact that some GMs are also about as conservative uh, as a till of the home by nature uh, makes me think that they're sitting there saying, what if this guy decides to have a hunger strike? What if he becomes a Muslim and says, on, uh, you know, on Ramadan, I can't eat or drink for sun up to sunrise for a month? You know, I mean, they worry about these kinds of things. So I think he's got a lot of things going against him. Yeah, I think uh, Colin Kaepernick is Vince Young revisited. He made a splash early on, but once defenses figured him out, he became the one-trick pony, and you need more than a one-trick back in the NFL. You know, quarterbacks beat teams in this league with their arms, not their legs, which is why the young and Kaepernick star faded quickly. Hey, Goose, Ron was saying it's tough to find a backup for this guy because he runs well but throws wildly. I got a guy. How about Tim Tebow from the Mets? <laughs> he runs slowly. <laughs> <laughs> but effectively. Well, speaking of running, 
Now we got Adrian Peterson. Uh, unlike Colin Kaepernick, he is very good, but unlike or Colin Kaepernick, he's not very young, just turned 32. Uh, he's visited a lot of places recently, Ron, including your Patriots. Yes. But he has no we job. We're happy to have him. So, so what happens to him? Yeah, so what happens to him? Well, uh, you know, look, he'll get a job, to, in my opinion, the minute he, A, realizes he has no leverage and hence has to pay for uh, take play for what they offer, and B, convinces someone he's not going to come in and be a pain in the ass uh, demanding the ball all the time. You know, this story is really as old as owners and players. And right. I was recently reading a book about the Oakland A's and Vita Blue when they had the big dust-up in 1972 over his contract. Finally, they had a big settlement meeting in, in, in Boston, of all places. And Charlie Finley, after 22 hours of, of negotiating back and forth with the commissioner and everybody, says to Vita Blue, look, I get it. You won 23 games. You completed 20 games. You won the MVP and the Cy Young Award. But you don't get it. And Vita said, what do you mean? He said, I don't have to pay you. <laughs> That's still the way it is. You know? Adrian, I don't have to pay you. <laughs> you know, I think I think Peterson may wind up sitting out training camp and signing with a team that loses a back to injury in August. That'd be my strategy. Who wants to go to training camp anyway? Well, Chris, I mean, Ron mentioned money here. Do you think this is more about money than it is Adrian Peterson's age? No. The wall for running backs is 30. He's 32. You don't pay backs, especially the high-mileage backs like Peterson, to come in and be, become lead ball carriers at that age. You know, I'm guessing Peterson may already have had some offers, but none match his vision of what he's worth to a team. Yeah, so it's always about the money in the end, Clark. We, we all know that. He can say it's his age, and certainly you're right. I mean, that's a, uh, as Goose points out, this, the, the ball of 30 for running back is clear and well-known. But in the end, if you're willing to play cheaply enough, suddenly it's not such a big wall. But if you still think you're a star, it's a problem. Quick now, who gets the job first, Kaepernick? Or Adrian Peterson? Peterson. Mm. Yeah, I think Peterson. Peterson. Or you. Maybe okay, you. well. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Well, speaking of running, we're going to get out of here to make room for the next commercial. Yeah, we're running to the next ad. When we return, we'll try to unravel the mystery of Richard Sherman. You're listening to the Talk of Fame Network. This is Jim Kelly, and you're listening to the Talk of Fame Network. The best. Now, the reminder that the Talk of Fame Network is brought to you by Geico Insurance, where 15 minutes can save you 15% or more on car insurance. For more details, go to geico.com. Progressive presents Mind Flowness with Flow. Picture it. Your car and home insurance are perfectly bundled. You're saving loads of money, and life is so much easier. You exist in a heightened state of easy peasiness. Life is as easy as it is peasy, as peasy as it is easy. Experience oneness. Bundle home and auto insurance with Progressive. Visit Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates. Discounts not available in all states or situations. Here's a little ditty about that John Deere mower deck that mows faster, better. It's not how fast you mow, my friends. It's how well you mow fast. If you just mow fast, but your yard looks bad, then you got a lot of ugly grass. You need a John Deere to take care of your yard. You need a Z-Track Z345 home. It's not how fast you mow, my friends. It's how well you mow fast. The XL Deck's got more capacity for yards like yours that get to grassity. Want to mow well in the higher gear? See a John Deere dealer, nothing runs like a deer. Hi, this is Lori Grenier. You've seen me on Shark Tank. If you're like me, you probably rely on your phone to get things done. So I know you'll want to hear about Cabbage's mobile app. Cabbage has created a simple way for business owners to get funding from their phones. Download the mobile app and you can complete the application in minutes and access funds anytime. 
Cabbage has provided over $2.5 billion in funding to 90,000 small businesses. Download the Cabbage app today or call 888-CABBAGE. That's Cabbage with a K, K-A-B-B-A-G-E. A good night's sleep starts with the right pillow. That's where my pillow comes in. And now for a limited time, just go to mypillow.com, click the radio listener special tab, and use promo code SKY to get two premium king or queen pillows and two additional go anywhere travel pillows, all for 50% off and free shipping. That's mypillow.com, promo code SKY, or call 1 800 635 1825. 1 800 635 1825. Remember when a small business needed a landline? Today, landlines are a thing of the past with Grasshopper, the entrepreneur's phone system. On the road, at the beach, or at home, Grasshopper helps you grow your business. Get all the features of a business phone system and the freedom of a cell phone with our iPhone and Android apps. Features include multiple extensions for your team, calls forwarded to your mobile phones, voicemails transcribed and emailed, and so much more. See how it works at grasshopper.com, the entrepreneur's phone system. Hi, Tom Bodet. Apparently, the hip thing for businesses to do these days is target millennials. So it may sound sus coming from this baby boomer, but Motel 6 is a V-great place for your squad to stay woke or asleep. The updated rooms are hashtag blessed with contemporary floors, bedding, and flat-screen TVs that are totally on fleek. Plus, their prices are always low AF. I'm Tom Bodette, and we'll keep it lit for you. Book online at motel6.com. This is the Talk of Fame Network on SB Nation Radio. Here are your Hall of Fame voters, Ron Borges, Rick Gosselin, and Clark Judge. They are who we thought they were. Talk of Fame Network is sponsored by GEICO. We're just 15 minutes to give you 15% or more on car insurance. More details, go to geico.com. And you probably should have gone 15 minutes ago. We're also brought to you by Grasshopper. Turn your mobile phone into a business phone system. With Grasshopper, the entrepreneur's phone system. Get a local or toll-free number or bring your own. To see how it works, go to grasshopper.com. Probably should have gone there 15 minutes ago, too. Hey, Ron, I, I yes, see sir. where your Patriots don't have room at Gillette Stadium for a fifth Super Bowl banner. They have do not. Have you ever considered offering your front yard to them? Well, not my front yard, but as you guys know, I have a, 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 an expansive backyard. We'd be happy to put it over the fish pond or over by the, uh, <laughs> uh, the fire pit. We could put it over there, you know, or next to my... Sun's bounce board for lacrosse, and we got plenty of room. So, but you know, it's nice of them to show that they were not egotistical when they built this stadium. You know, I you know I'm modest. glad you mentioned that because when I saw you leaving the Super Bowl uh, press room this year, someone said, "Look at Ron; he's got an expansive backyard." Wow! <laughs> uh, thank you very much, and we move on. That's very unkind. <laughs> Goose, uh, just a hunch, yeah, just like me too. Goose, just a hunch, uh, but your owner Jerry Jones has no trouble finding room for the Cowboys Super Bowl banners, including the fifth one, correct? Yes, awfully short-sighted on Bob Kraft's part to build a stadium that can only accommodate four banners. I'm guessing Jerry has a place for at least twelve more banners at his stadium. <laughs> but Jerry's always had great <laughs> foresight, which is why he's in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> I thought, the, I thought you're the reason he was in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> yeah, well, he is. Yes. What a sales. Jerry might win 12 more now that Tony Romo is in the broadcast. Um, hey, listen, the guy who's won a Super Bowl, and I said one, not five, but he's won one, is in the middle of one of the most bizarre stories I've heard in a while, is Seattle cornerback Richard Sherman. We mentioned him last uh, segment. He's, you know, we're talking about him now. He's the subject of trade rumors and has been for the past month when he first denied them. And then, of course, at the league meeting, Seahawks general manager John Schneider confirms them. And the general manager 
usually those guys are running away from confirming anything. But he said, no, there's something to it. Now, it seems that Richard Sherman is a participant in those trade talks. I'll say, this is bizarre. And wants to go to a Super Bowl contender. Goose, excuse me here. But isn't Seattle a Super Bowl contender? What in the world is this all about? Well, this is common sense, Clark. If, if his current Super Bowl contender intends to trade him, he's going to want to be dealt to another Super Bowl contender. So the worst thing you can do to Richard Sherman is take away his spotlight in a season in Jacksonville or Cincinnati or Nashville would do just that. The quickest way to make any player disappear is to make him inconsequential. He needs to play with a contender. Yeah, no, no, I agree with you, but big-time cornerbacks, not just big cornerbacks, are rare, and Richard Sherman's both big and he's big-time. So this is what I don't get. I mean, is Seattle serious about trading him? And if so, why would they trade him? Well, because in a salary cap world, you can't keep all your stars. You give Earl Thomas a right. $40 million deal. Cam Chancellor's threatening to hold out the summer if he doesn't get something in that range. Sherman's already on the books for $56 million. Can you have all that money tied up at three positions in the secondary? You know, I, I think you can get the biggest bang for your buck in trading a cornerback, not a safety. And the CX are attempting to make the best of what they have right now, a very difficult hand. I think, too, guys, that, uh, you know, uh, Richard Sherman, like most Stanford graduates, wear you out after a while. <laughs> you know, he's, he's in danger of becoming a, a, a you, know, you know how they are. Look at me. I'm smart and I'm cool. You know, he's becoming like a character of himself. Too much noise, too much public posturing, and too often putting himself in other people's business read the coach's business you know he's a very good player but he seems to have forgotten that the legion of boom made its noise as a unit not a unicorn you know he was great because earl thomas and camp chancellor and brandon browner and michael bennett all those guys uh they were great and and he helped them be great as well but his seeming exception would look at me rather than look in the mirror when things aren't going well i think it's old in a hurry and i think they're looking at him and saying this guy is a guy going downhill fast and i'll tell you something else they ain't traded him to no playoff contenders. At least not yeah, in the well, NFC. That's, yeah, I know. I agree with you. And, Ron, that's why I wondered if this is just more about sort of reining this guy in. That basically the message is, listen, you're not bigger than the team. You know, you're not the coaching staff. So don't give the coaches advice. You're a player on a good team, and you can be dealt. If, you, if, if that's the way we decide, you can be dealt. No, you're right. I mean, look, we see this all the time. You know, he's, a, he's a, an employee who's begun to wear out his welcome. And right. what he doesn't get is he has no control over where they trade him. They have control. Right. They have control, and I'm sure he doesn't like. Well, all, all I, yeah, all I know is he was he wasn't very effective last year. Um, he just didn't look like himself. Now, do you buy the alibi that he was hurt? I mean, they were talking about a knee injury, of course, that the Seahawks didn't disclose. But do you buy that alibi, or is, is this the beginning of a descending player? Well, he's 29 this season. You know, better to trade him a year too early than a year too late. You know, players prime are ages 24 to 28. You know, the Seahawks have already gotten the best they're going to get out of Richard Sherman. His market will never be higher than it is right now in trade. Yeah, and I think, Clark, it's probably both reasons. I mean, the main reason great players decline 90% of the time is injury. Uh, the latter affects the former, and the, and the latter often doesn't go away. You know, it diminishes you, and that may or may not be the case with Richard Sherman. Uh, time will prove that. Uh, but the tape last year says he talked more than he played uh, for whatever reason. Right. Hey, Ron, I want to go back to something you said. Those Stanford guys, after a while, wear you out. Jim Plunkett wear was you a out. Stanford guy. Did well, he wear you him. out? Jim Plunkett, Jim former did not Raider. Wear me. Jim was a wonderful human being, but he was the exception that proves the rule. Ever <laughs> oh, talked to Debbie Thomas, the skater? Ever talked to Debbie Thomas, the, the, the great skater? Oh, your silver medal is fine because I went to Stanford. You know, I was like, what? <laughs> and they just got us. 
they're, they're pretty happy with themselves, which is a good way to go well, through life. You're pretty what, happy with yourself, aren't you, Clark? Yeah, I, I lived a mile from that campus. I'd be pretty happy with myself, too, if I were spending uh, four years there. It's a nice place to be. Yeah. Um, point. Hey, Gooseman, going back to Richard Sherman, what should the market be for this guy? If, if they're legitimately interested in trading him, what should the market be for him? Well, it depends how desperate a team is for cover corner. If you trade him, you, you, you trade for his contract. You know, he's on the books for $11.4 million this season. You know, I wouldn't trade a one for a 29-year-old cornerback that expensive. I probably wouldn't trade a two, maybe a three. But a team that thinks it's a cover cornerback away, it just might overpay. Yeah, I tend to agree. I think if you need a top corner uh, and you can put up with his mouth and you believe he can still play like a top corner, then he's, then he's probably worth a fairly high one because you look at your draft and say, how do I know I'm going to get a guy? This guy's a proven commodity, if I still believe in him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and it's always a guess uh, in, in the draft, even though it's a cheaper guess. But you have to believe that he can again be what he, what he once was, and that's what you don't know for sure. And here's the other thing, guys. Don't forget this. Be careless. If he's an expert in anything, he gets defensive backs. Anybody seen Brandon Browner lately? No, I mean, my yeah. guess is if he's ready to get rid of him, he knows something. Yeah, that's right. Um, well, Goose, Ron has said he does not see anything happening here. He expects him to be playing with Seattle this year. Do you? I agree, yeah. I'm not sure the Seahawks would get what they consider equal compensation for player abilities. They may see a Pro Bowl cornerback in his 20s. Others may see an aging corner whose best years are behind him. Okay. Well, Goose, I'm going to ask you a question here that's going to make you break out in prickly heat, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Richard Sherman's career is far from over. We know that. But let's say that career ended today. Should this guy be on the Hall of Fame radar? I mean, and where would you put him vis-a-vis a guy like Darrell Rivas? Will you stop it? Emma Thomas was every bit. Emma Thomas was every never bit the cornerback on a Super Bowl championship team that Richard Sherman was at Seattle, and it took Thomas 25 years to get a bust as a senior candidate. Everson Walls is the only cornerback ever to lead the NFL in interceptions three times. He's every bit the candidate Revis and Sherman are. He can't even get in the room to be discussed. Just because you're the latest doesn't mean you're the greatest. Is that yeah, a no? I love it whenever. No. I love it. You know, Clark, I love no. it when you, when you ask these kind of questions because I can, I can hear Goose's blood pressure going up 900, <laughs> 950, 1,010, 1,050. His head is popping off his shoulders. <laughs> well, well, I guess we, we got to leave since we only have 10 going. seconds left in this segment, they tell that's me. right. We don't know where Richard Sherman's going or if he is going, but we know where we are. And that's to a station break. When we return, we'll sit down with former USC star Carson Palmer. You're listening to the Talk of Fame Network. This is Kenny Easley, and you're listening to the Talk of Fame Network. Now, the reminder that the Talk of Fame Network is brought to you by Geico Insurance, where 15 minutes can save you 15% or more on car insurance. For more details, go to geico.com. Hi, Tom Bodette, trying to align my chakras around this hot yoga thing. Yep, they finally found a way to make working out even more uncomfortable. Well, at least with Motel 6, you've got one less thing to sweat. They've got clean, comfortable, and now completely updated rooms at a great low price. So the only thing you're stretching is your dollar. Sounds like my kind of place to namaste. I'm Tom Bodette, and we'll leave the light and the AC on for you. Book online at motel6.com. As an entrepreneur, you're always on the go. So turn your mobile phone into a business phone system with Grasshopper, the entrepreneur's phone system. Make and receive business calls using our iPhone and Android apps. Get a new business number or keep your current one. Forward your calls to any phone and even get your voicemails transcribed. Join over 250,000 small businesses who stay connected with Grasshopper. See how it works at grasshopper.com, the entrepreneur's phone system. 
Here's a little ditty about that John Deere mower deck that mows faster, better. It's not how fast you mow, my friends, it's how well you mow fast. If you just mow fast, but your yard looks bad, then you got a lot of ugly grass. You need a John Deere to take care of your yard, you need a Z-Track Z345 horse. It's not how fast you mow, my friends, it's how well you mow fast. The XL deck's got more capacity for yards like yours that get to grassity. Wanna mow well in a higher gear? See a John Deere dealer, nothing runs like a deer. Hi, this is Lori Grenier. You've seen me on Shark Tank. If you're like me, you probably rely on your phone to get things done. So I know you'll want to hear about Cabbage's mobile app. Cabbage has created a simple way for business owners to get funding from their phones. Download the mobile app and you can complete the application in minutes and access funds anytime. Cabbage has provided over $2.5 billion in funding to 90,000 small businesses. Download the Cabbage app today or call 888-CABBAGE. That's Cabbage with a K, K-A-B-B-A-G-E. This is the Talk of Fame Network on SB Nation Radio. Here are your Hall of Fame voters, Ron Borges, Rick Goslin, and Clark Judge. Talk of Fame Network is brought to you by Grasshopper. Turn your mobile phone into a business phone system with Grasshopper, the entrepreneur's phone system. Get a local, a toll-free number, or just bring your own. See how it works. Go to grasshopper.com. Our first guest, Carson Palmer, is a former USC Heisman Trophy winner who lived up to his billing, becoming the first overall pick of the NFL draft in 2003, a three-time pro bowler who was the AFC Player of the Year with the Cincinnati Bengals in 2005, and the NFL Comeback Player of the Year with the Arizona Cardinals in 2015. Only 13 players in NFL history passed for more yards than Carson. When was his 14th season in 2017, and he's here with us today to talk about his days at Southern Cal. Carson, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me on. I can uh, I can talk SC football all day, any day. So let's go. <laughs> there we go. Well, let's start. You had offers coming out of high school from Notre Dame and Miami of Florida, in addition to USC. Why the Trojans? Beyond his history, what makes the program special? Well, I grew up in Southern California, so. Um, you know, SC football was on TV all the time. It was talked about all the time. Uh, it was easy for my family to, to drive, and you know, an hour, an hour and a half north, and, and watch me play in my home games. And it's, you know, if, if you grew up in Southern California, SC is it. And if it's not SC, it's you know, Oregon or maybe UCLA. Um, but if you're a Southern California kid and, and uh, you grew up here, there's there's uh, there's SC, and like I said, kind of everybody else is in second place. Well, you went to, when you went to Southern Cal, of course, you went there to play for Paul Hackett, but you finished up uh, playing for Pete Carroll, uh, and you spent two years with each. How did each of those coaches impact you as a quarterback? Well, playing for Coach Hackett, you know, right when I got there was his first year. Uh, they had just fired John Robinson, and um, I was part of that kind of new that new uh, new group of coaches with with Coach Coach Hackett and. I really learned the West Coast offense. That was my first introduction to a really true pro-style offense, an offense that's probably run by, I don't know, a third of the teams in the NFL currently, and there's probably every team in the NFL that, that takes a couple concepts and schemes from the old-school West Coast offense. So um, I learned it from Paul Hackett at 18 years old, and, and I was watching cut-ups and, and watching film of Joe Montana when Coach Hackett was, was coaching him in Kansas City. Um, we were watching old 49ers film, Coach Seifert, you know, all, all the greats that ran that system. Um, so I, I was learning that. That was my first introduction to football, and, and it doesn't get much more complex or much more difficult than that. So it was really an eye-opener. Uh, it was great, you know, for my NFL career because I've had different um, different stops along the way. I've had some West Coast offense concepts, and, you know, that, that was what I really grew up on. 
And then when, when Coach Carroll came in, you know, for my last two years, it was huge for me. Um, I think that's when I really stepped into a leadership role and a veteran role. And um, he probably forced me into that and pushed me into that. Um, and it was the, by far the best thing for me. Um, but just, just having a chance to play for Coach Carroll and his passion, his energy, um, his love for the game, his love for competition, um, I learned a ton from, from both the coaches. Ron and I both covered Pete in the NFL, Carson. Passion, energy. You're absolutely right. That's an understatement. Wow. He is, uh, sure. He's got it. Um, no we're doubt. speaking with form, former SC Heisman Trophy winner Carson Palmer, the Arizona Cards on the Talk of Fame Network. And you can find us on the web at talkoffamenetwork.com and on Twitter at, at talkoffamenet. And Carson, um, as you know, four-year starters at quarterback are, are rare in college and much less at a uh, high-profile program like USC. It, it, it seems as if so many of the elite college quarterbacks now leave after their junior seasons. So I'm wondering, um, you didn't. How did playing a fourth season benefit you and your development as a pro prospect? Yeah, it has changed. I mean, just in my last 14 or 15 years, now fifth-year seniors aren't ready for the NFL because nobody's running college, you know, everybody's running college-style systems. Nobody's running pro-style systems. But for me, really, you know, I, I got to the end of my junior year and, and had a bunch of agents and people telling me that, to come out and I never wanted to not even for a second but you know you're 20 21 years old um, you're just trying to hear and, and listen um, to people that you think they know what they're talking about and I had different round projections and, and I always felt like I had a chance to be um, a top pick and I had some people telling me third round some people telling me late first some people second fifth seventh everybody was all over the board um, and I learned at that going through that process that nobody knows you know, these, these experts and these agents and these guys that tell you one thing and, and then change their mind the next week, you just realize how quickly that nobody knows. Um, and I didn't want to come out. I wanted to, to be there for that senior year with the group of guys that I came in with, and, and I just wanted to keep playing college football. I would have played another one if I could have. So really, um, back then, you know, everybody wanted me to come out uh, around me except for myself. And I just felt like I had the chance to, to continue to grow, to continue to develop and be a top pick and, you know, continue to win games and, and hopefully win a national championship. And never even really thought much about the Heisman. That wasn't really on my radar. Um, you know, obviously it, it ended um, the way it did, but I, I really just wanted to continue playing college football. It's such a, SC is such a great place to play. It's such a, a tremendous ed- education. It's a great school. There's unbelievable professors, and and um, I just you know I, I really enjoyed my senior year. Like I said, I came in with a really good class of guys. We went through coaching changes, and you know Coach Acker got fired, and this new guy comes in. Nobody knows anything about. And all the media is doing is saying that they hired the wrong guy and Pete Carroll, and you know it just you know all the things that stacked up against us. Um, it, it was an exciting time because we wanted to prove people wrong, and and we knew we had a good team. We ended up going on and, and winning the Orange Bowl. And what an amazing experience that was, you know, for, for our group of guys in our senior class. So um, it really wasn't on my radar to come out. I didn't want to come out, and, and I'm glad looking back. I got another year of college football underneath my belt and um, ended up improving my draft status and, and just learning more about the game and preparing myself for once I did finally get to the NFL to have another year of experience, to have that much more underneath my belt. It was, uh, it was a huge building block for me. Carson, you were roommates throughout your college career with Troy Palomalo and Matt Castle. How do they keep you grounded? Well, we, we stayed very easily grounded on uh, West 24th Street in South Central Los Angeles. We had, uh, I think, probably at one point nine or ten guys in one four-bedroom house. There was guys on the couches. There was rats being caught and rat traps <laughs> at night. 
we were in in the middle of the hood and, and respected by the local local gang members and and uh, always kind of protected. You know, we back then we didn't you know we were scraping by on our stipend checks and barely covering rent. Split. You know, Matt Castle and I shared a room that wasn't even a room. It was a like a dining room in a 1920 old Victorian house that had not been touched or redone since 1920. And we made it into like a makeshift bedroom. And then Malifo McKenzie and Leonard Vandermeet shared another kind of random room that they made into a bedroom. So it was easy to stay grounded. You know, rent is obviously expensive in, in California and especially expensive in Los Angeles. And we scraped by, we, we put our money together, did barbecues and uh, played dominoes every night and, and, video games we we really enjoyed that that uh college experience and we didn't know any different we you know we that, that was all we knew uh was scraping by trying to make rent and trying to fit as many guys in the house as we could to cut that rent up and into smaller pieces so it was really easy to stay grounded with that group <laughs> what uh what would you say your best memory uh from your days at sc at least one that you can tell us <laughs> oh i've got a ton uh, but really just the people just the people i mean you, you know, the, the coaches that I had a chance to play for were spectacular. Norm Child, Pete Carroll, and you can go on and on. But the guys that lived in that house, uh, you know, guys that went on to play in the NFL, guys like Lenny Vandermeet, and then guys that, uh, you know, Norm Katnick had chances here and there, and Kerry Colbert played for a while. We, you know, there was a bunch of guys that played in the NFL and some guys that didn't, didn't make it, you know. Um, but just coming in together – you know, you go through a coaching change, which is so crazy. You know, pe- people don't realize how, how crazy it is on, on the players because then you start thinking, man, are they going to take my scholarship away? Or are, are they going to, you know, bring in a freshman that's a local kid and, and take my position away? You know, there's so many different things that go on and with our group of buddies and, and our teammates. And then for Pete Carroll to come in and, and really kind of change the atmosphere and really change everything. And for us to finish, you know, and, and go out and, and win the Orange Bowl and then see that, that same group of guys that we were the older guys, the veterans, the leaders, and see those guys go on and win a national championship next year and the following year. Um, the, the, just really the people and, and the guys I had a chance to play with and, and play for. Hey, Carson, we're out of time, but thanks so much for joining us and best of luck this season. You know what? I think you're, you should be the recruiter for SD. I'm, I'm ready to go myself right now. <laughs> right. Go to you. Except for those rats, of course. <laughs> If, if it was legal, I would, but I appreciate it. Thanks, for having me on, guys. <laughs> Thanks, Carson. Thanks, Carson. Thanks, Carson. That was Heisman Trophy winner Carson Palmer, the Arizona Cardinals. Coming up next, why pass rusher Neil Smith deserves greater consideration from the Hall. You're listening to the Talk of Fame Network. Hi, this is Morton Anderson, and you're listening to Rick, Ron, and Clark of the Talk of Fame Network. Here's a little ditty about that John Deere mower deck that mows faster, better. Not how fast you mow, my friends, it's how well you mow fast. If you just mow fast, but your yard looks bad, then you got a lot of ugly grass. You need a John Deere to take care of your yard. You need a Z-Track Z345 home. It's not how fast you mow, my friends, it's how well you mow fast. The XL deck's got more capacity for yards like yours that get to grassity. Want to mow well in a higher gear, see a John Deere dealer, nothing runs like a deer. Hi, this is Lori Grenier. You've seen me on Shark Tank. If you're like me, you probably rely on your phone to get things done. So I know you'll want to hear about Cabbage's mobile app. Cabbage has created a simple way for business owners to get funding from their phones. Download the mobile app and you can complete the application in minutes and access funds anytime. Cabbage has provided over $2.5 billion in funding to 90,000 small businesses. Download the Cabbage app today or call 888-CABBAGE. That's Cabbage with a K, K K-A-B-B-A-G-E.
Remember when a small business needed a landline? Today, landlines are a thing of the past with Grasshopper, the entrepreneur's phone system. On the road, at the beach, or at home, Grasshopper helps you grow your business. Get all the features of a business phone system and the freedom of a cell phone with our iPhone and Android apps. Features include multiple extensions for your team, calls forwarded to your mobile phones, voicemails transcribed and emailed, and so much more. See how it works at grasshopper.com, the entrepreneur's phone system. Progressive presents Mind Flowness with Flow. You feel yourself getting lighter with each progressive discount. Paperless, safe driver, multi-car. Yes, lighter, like a new line of sneakers. Or a slugger on a crash diet the week before spring training. Stay away from the cheesecake. Ascend to a higher plane of insurance with Progressive. Visit Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discounts not available in all states or situations. This is the Talk of Fame Network on SB Nation Radio. Here are your Hall of Fame voters, Ron Borges. Cannot play with him. Rick Gosselin. Cannot win with him. And Clark Judge. Cannot coach with him. Can't do it. I want winners. Speaking of winners, Talk of Fame Network is brought to you by Grasshopper. Turn your mobile phone into a business phone system with Grasshopper. The entrepreneur's phone system. Get a local toll-free number or bring your own. See how it works. Go to Grasshopper. We're also brought to you by Skyco, where just 15 minutes can save you 15% or more on car insurance. More details, go to Geico.com, and you probably should have gone 15 minutes ago. It was early last month, you remember, that uh, former offensive lineman Mickey Marvin of the Oakland Raiders died at the age of 61. He died from ALS. That's supposed to be a rare disease. But now we've got another player from the same team passed away from the same illness. That would be former Raiders tight end. Derek Jensen, who played on two Super Bowl champions and helped build another Super Bowl winner as a scout for the Seattle Seahawks, he died at the age of 60. And, Ron, you covered the Raiders. What can you tell us about Derek Jensen? Yeah, I knew Derek well. He was a tremendous competitor. He was a special teams captain for five years of the Raiders. Made the biggest play of his career and the biggest on the biggest stage. He blocked a punt and recovered it uh, for the opening touchdown in the Raiders' dismemberment of the Redskins at Super Bowl uh, eighteen. Uh, then he went into scouting in 1991 in Seattle, and he was there until ALS forced him into retirement in 2012, and he was very well uh, respected there. Very soft-spoken guy who they used to call the Velvet Hammer because he would kill a guy, a potential draftee, without really doing much of anything. There was a famous story out there that they were all arguing over whether a guy should be a second-round pick or a third-round pick, and they were going back and forth, and nobody could agree in the room. And finally, Jensen got up and said, uh, I see what you're saying. And he walked up and took him from two, and put him to the seventh round. <laughs> they didn't draft him, and he never made it. So uh, because of that, they've now named the draft room after Derek Jensen, which was a nice sort of gesture. You know, he was a terrific guy, great scout, and a really tough football player. Yeah, I know I've asked you this before, and I hate to keep asking you, but I will. We have two Raiders die this year from ALS. There are three 49ers on the same team in the 1960s and early 70s who died from it. And former San Francisco star Dwight Clark, as we know, has been diagnosed with it. What in the heck is going on here? Well, I think, uh, sadly, it's, it's the case of the chickens are all coming home to roost on the concussion crisis fallout. And there's going to be more and more of this, I think. Uh, you know, Dr. Ben Amalo, who discovered CTE in the first place, claims that uh, he believes that these conditions are not actually ALS, but they're concussion-related, and they have the same symptoms as ALS, but they're actually what's really killing them is is concussions, which means what really killed them was football. And uh, yeah. I think this fallout is going to go on for a while, and things got to change radically or it's not going to stop. 
Well, I'll be honest, guys, I, I hate stories like this. Yet we keep reporting them. Here's just hoping that one day we won't. Um, anyway, Derek Jensen, gone too soon at the age of 60. Uh, Goose, I, I know you didn't cover Derek Jensen. Ron did, but you wrote this week on our website, talkoffamenetwork.com, about someone you did cover, and that someone is a guy you believe should be in the Hall of Fame. You want to tell us about him? Sure. All-decade acclaim is a stamp of football greatness. You're one of, of the three or four best players at your position during your era, and that puts you in the queue for Canton, which brings me to defensive end Neil Smith, an all-decade pick for the 1990s. He's been eligible for the Hall of Fame for 12 years now, but has never been a semifinalist, much less a finalist. And he didn't even appear on the preliminary list of 94 candidates for the class of 2017. Smith was the second overall pick of the 1988 NFL Draft who became one of the best pass rushers of the 1990s. He collected 95.5 of his 104.5 career sacks from 1999 and went to six Pro Bowls. He led the NFL with 15 sacks in 1993 and earned first-team All-Pro acclaim. His teams won 105 games in a decade and went to playoffs nine times. He spent the first seven seasons of the decade with the Chiefs and the final three years with the Broncos. He went to five Pro Bowls with the Chiefs and his final Pro Bowl in 1997 with the Broncos. That season, Denver and Smith won the first of back-to-back -back Super Bowls. He played one final season with the Chargers in 2000 before retiring. He was inducted into the Chiefs Hall of Fame in 2006 and his number 90 was retired. But being overlooked by Canton may be a result of Smith being overshadowed on his own team. He was part of a stereo pass rush in Kansas City with Derek Thomas, the fourth overall pick of the 1989 draft. Thomas was a first-team NFL all-decade pass rusher and an eight-time pro bowler in the 1990s. He also led the NFL, NFL in sacks with 20 in 1990 and set the NFL record with seven sacks in a single game. But the Hall of Fame seems to have drawn a line at one edge rusher per team. Neil Smith deserves greater consideration for Canton. His career demands discussion. Well, there's somebody else who's drawn the line. Goose says Derek Burns, our producer, and he's saying that we're almost there for halftime. So let's get the two-minute drill. Goose, you've got it. Let's get it started. A little whistle. What's the bigger story? Ben Roethlisberger coming back or Tony Romo not coming back? Big Ben. He didn't get a gig anchoring NBC Nightly News. <laughs> uh... Goose, don't you have to leave before you can come back? <laughs> if you were the Houston Texans, would you have traded a fourth-round draft pick for Tony Romo? Yes, I would if I didn't want to win a playoff game. <laughs> no, oh. investing your future in a quarterback with an aching back will soon give you an aching head. Who would you prefer in the number one CBS analyst seat, Phil Sims or Tony Romo? Al DeRogatis. <laughs> one of the greatest. Bill Sims. Wearing headphones on the sidelines does not prepare you for wearing headphones next to Jim Nance. Is Tony Romo the next Troy Aikman in a broadcast booth or the next Dennis Miller? I don't know, Goose, but don't let him touch that mic in the fourth quarter. He might drop it. Well, possibly Dennis Miller because Dennis Miller was funny and Romo is a joke. So where is Phil Sims when the NFL season opens next September? In Houston as the Texans starting quarterback. <laughs> I think sitting in Tony Gonzalez's seat, uh, studio seat, because they got to pay him either way. Where is Richard Sherman when the NFL season opens next September? Atlanta, marching to the sea. <laughs> uh, standing with his mouth wide open behind a receiver who was equally wide open. Who will open the season as Houston's quarterback? Phil Sims. If he's not up to it, Buzz Aldrin. Tom Savage, he's a beast. Who will open the season as Cleveland's quarterback? 
Corey Kluber. It's all about cybermetrics with the Browns. <laughs> the famous DNP, as in someone who did not play there last year. Bill Clinton, George Clinton, or haha Clinton Dix? That would be Clinton Eastwood. <laughs> uh, let me remind you, you cannot beat P-Funk and the Funkadelics, my friends. Listen. Yeah! I got the funk. Okay. Against whom will the Super Bowl champion Patriots open the season in that Thursday night kickoff showcase? The toughest opponent out there, Gooseman. United Airlines, and heaven help see the ticket holders if the building is oversold. Gooseman, the Patriots, just like George Clinton, don't give a P-Funk. They're going to win the game. Don't matter. <laughs> that is the end of our first half, but stay where you are. We'll be back in the second half with Hall of Fame voter Matt Mayoko and Hall of Fame wide receiver Lynn Swan, now the AD of Southern Cal. You're listening to the Talk of Fame Network. This is Jason Taylor, and you're listening to the Talk of Fame Network. Now, the reminder that the Talk of Fame Network is brought to you by Geico Insurance, where 15 minutes can save you 15% or more on car insurance. For more details, go to geico.com. Hi, Tom Bodette. Apparently, the hip thing for businesses to do these days is target millennials. So it may sound sus coming from this baby boomer, but Motel 6 is a V-great place for your squad to stay woke or asleep. The updated rooms are hashtag blessed with contemporary floors, bedding, and flat screen TVs that are totally on fleek. Plus, their prices are always low AF. I'm Tom Bodette, and we'll keep it lit for you. Book online at motel6.com. As an entrepreneur, you're always on the go. So turn your mobile phone into a business phone system with Grasshopper, the entrepreneur's phone system. Make and receive business calls using our iPhone and Android apps. Get a new business number or keep your current one. Forward your calls to any phone and even get your voicemails transcribed. Join over 250,000 small businesses who stay connected with Grasshopper. See how it works at grasshopper.com, the entrepreneur's phone system. Hi, this is Lori Grenier. You've seen me on Shark Tank. If you're like me, you probably rely on your phone to get things done. So I know you'll want to hear about Cabbage's mobile app. Cabbage has created a simple way for business owners to get funding from their phones. Download the mobile app and you can complete the application in minutes and access funds anytime. Cabbage has provided over $2.5 billion in funding to 90,000 small businesses. Download the Cabbage app today or call 888-CABBAGE. That's Cabbage with a K, K-A-B-B-A-G-E. Here's a little ditty about that John Deere mower deck that mows faster, better. It's not how fast you mow, my friends, it's how well you mow fast. If you just mow fast but your yard looks bad, then you got a lot of ugly grass. You need a John Deere to take care of your yard, you need a Z-Track Z345 hole. It's not how fast you mow, my friends, it's how well you mow fast. The XL deck's got more capacity for yards like yours that get to grassity. Want to mow well in a higher gear, see a John Deere dealer, nothing runs like a deer. This is the Talk of Fame Network on SB Nation Radio. What the hell are we waiting on? Here are your Hall of Fame voters, Ron Borges. Do you want it or not? Rick Gosselin. Do you understand there's a price to pay? And Clark Judge. Can we have fun? You're damn right. I demand that we have fun. Hey, Ron Borges. Yes, sir. You know what it means when Geico says just 15 minutes can save you 15% or more on car insurance? means I should have called 15 minutes ago, I think. Smart man. It means you should have gone to Geico.com 15 minutes ago. So listen, Ron Borges. Go. Yes, sir. You should have gone 15 minutes ago. 
Hey, welcome back to hour number two of the Talk of Fame Network. I'm coming to you from spring break in Florida. No, that's not Daytona Beach or Fort Lauderdale, but more family-friendly Clearwater, Florida, while Rick and Ron are in the studio. As promised, we'll be joined soon by Hall of Famer Lynn Swan as we continue our college draft series with a look at USC. Lynn not only played and starred there, but he's the school's athletic director today. But first, first we have Hall of Fame voter Matt Mayoko, frequent guest on here from CSN Bay Area. And he's here to tell us what's going on with the San Francisco 49ers. Hey, it's great to be back with you guys. Matt, so have you figured out John Lynch's plan yet for the 49ers? Is he going to build this team with the same blueprint of his defense first Tampa Bay Buccaneers? Yeah, it's. I think when you look at where the 49ers are and the team he inherits, you know, they got some pretty good players on the defensive line. Uh, there aren't a lot of playmakers on offense. You know, they have an offensive-minded head coach who's very good at at game planning and scheming and, and putting together an offense. So I don't know that it'll be the same type of, of situation this time because of, of the, the change of the head coach. You know, I think what Kyle Shanahan wants to do is you know, he wants to, to have a, a, an offense uh, that he can you know, really manipulate and, and game plan and give him a lot of options. So Right now, the 49ers aren't set up to be an, an offensive-minded team necessarily or a defensive-minded team. So I, I think when you look at these these early drafts, the early off-seasons, I, I think they're just trying to upgrade the roster any way they possibly can because there is a significant shortage of talent on this 49ers team that John Lynch inherits. Well, Matt, uh, what have you seen thus far from Lynch that makes you believe uh, he's the right guy because there's a lot of people in football who – not even sure he is the guy, period, let alone the right guy. So what, no, what well, have you seen? No, yeah, no, I think, I think that's fair. I mean, you're talking about a guy who, you know, had a, a really good career as a, as a player and who was having a pretty good career as a TV analyst. So what, what makes you think that he can be a general manager? The, and the thing that I would say early on here, two months into watching him, is that he doesn't come in – with a guy who who gives off the appearance that he feels like he knows everything. You know, one of the, the first couple moves that he made was to bring in Adam Peters, who's a very respected personnel guy with the Denver Broncos that John Elway really leaned on. And he brought in Martin Mayhew, somebody who's had experience as an NFL general manager. So right away, the thing that I think would give 49er fans uh, reason for optimism is that John Lynch admitted what he doesn't know and uh, he's going to lean on those guys he's going to be a guy who asks questions and will kind of loop in a lot of different people and get opinions and, and be a consensus builder with that organization he's a very good leader he's somebody that i think knows what he's looking for as far as the, the personnel not only on the roster but just around him in the building so I can tell you this, the first time I walked into the 49ers building after the hiring of, of John Lynch, it just felt different. You know, Trent Baalke, not exactly known as a people person, as general manager of the team, John Lynch is. So I think what he's trying to do is, is build an organization where people are excited to come to work. Um, and that's kind, of, that's kind of what he's all about. And just talking to Jed York last week, he referred to him as, as Captain America, and that's kind of the the vibe you get in talking to John Lynch is that he's he's a, a person that everybody trusts, and you know he's he's going to be doing the right things. 
as far as building the organization the right way. And he showed that last week. You know, within hours after Tremaine Brock, a starting cornerback, was arrested on domestic violence charges, four hours later he was out of a job. So that sets the tone right away of what kind of people the 49ers want to bring into the building. Let me know the last time the Niners won a Super Bowl. Mike Shanahan was calling the play as the offense coordinator. Why was his son Kyle the right guy at the right time for this organization? When you, when you look at where the 49ers have been, you know, just in the past three years, you know, the, the last year of Jim Harbaugh was, was extremely dysfunctional. Uh, the, the one year of Jim Tom Sula, they had lost so many players and, and things. Guys did pretty much just quit. Uh, the, the one year of Chip Kelly, maybe maybe the vibe inside the building was a little bit better, but I mean they weren't running an, an NFL offense. When this offseason began, I, I think that the two guys who are probably the hottest coaching commodities, the guys who had who had the, the best resumes to become head coaches were probably Josh McDaniels, who who failed miserably with, with Denver but had rebuilt his career, and Kyle Shanahan. I think the 49ers would have been happy with either one of those. And McDaniels bowed out. Uh, Shanahan, I mean, he, he's a he's a guy with, with the pedigree. I mean, you mentioned his dad. This is a guy who, who I think probably for a long time, uh, I know he, he tried to play college football. He was a wide receiver at Duke and then Texas. But I think all along he was kind of built to be an NFL head coach. And he's been a very good offensive coordinator in a lot of different situations. So, you know, why is he the right guy? I, I think when you look at his experiences, you know, he, he's done well with, you know, Matt Schaub. He's, he's done well with, with RG3 as a rookie. He experienced just the disintegration of that franchise. So he's, he was up close. You know, he's taken the bullets. He's seen uh, the good and the bad of, of his dad and working with his dad uh, in, in Washington which on the outside was, would look like a horrendous experience, but the kind of experience that makes you a better head coach. So, you know, based on what he did in his two years with the Falcons and how that offense was rolling, uh, I mean, it was an incredible offense for all but, what, the final quarter of, of the Super Bowl. <laughs> he, he's a guy that, that has a plan, knows what he wants, and I think really of all the coaching hires, and he's, he's the guy that probably had done the most and had the best resume uh, to get that shot. Well, you know, Matt, the 49ers, if any team, have a long history of quarterback, uh, top quarterbacking, going back to Y.E. Tittle and Brody and Montana, of course, and Steve Young. And now John Lynch is the opposite of that. He went to the NFC title game with Sean King, won a Super Bowl with Brad Johnson as his quarterback. Uh, we all know how much Kyle Shanahan values quarterbacks. How much do you think Lynch values the quarterback position? Oh, I think he, he values it a lot. And, you know, right now they have two quarterbacks on the roster, Brian Hoyer and Matt Barkley. And, and that's not going to be, you know, a, a quarterback depth chart that gets anybody excited. But remember this, John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan both have six-year contracts, and they need a lot more than a quarterback. So I think what, what the plan is for this year is to not – you know, to not swing and miss with a quarterback that neither one is sold on. With those six-year contracts come, you know, implied patience from 49ers ownership. So, you know, if they wanted a guy like Kirk Cousins, I, there's no doubt in my mind they could have gotten him from Washington, but by giving up a lot and also giving up, you know, a, a huge contract to Cousins. 
what the 49ers appear to be doing is keeping their draft picks, maybe even trading down for that number two spot and getting more draft picks. I think that would be probably their best plan of attack. But they're trying to build out that roster. And I, when you look at Brian Hoyer, he's, he's he's fine. You know, he's not a he's not a he's not a slouch. You know, he's he's a he's an NFL quarterback. You know, he's a borderline NFL starter. But they're trying to build out that roster. And with a guy like Brian Hoyer, he's probably a placeholder quarterback next year. The draft is probably going to be a stronger draft for quarterbacks. You'll have an opportunity. Teams will around the league. Uh, to get a, a Jimmy Garoppolo, perhaps, or a Kirk Cousins in on the free agent uh, route. So I, I think what they're they're trying to do is is build out the rest of that roster. So when they get their quarterback of the future, their franchise quarterback, he's stepping into a better position with a better supporting cast. They got a five-year window to find him. Hey Matt, we'd like to thank <laughs> you for stopping stopping by and Dustin Fortners, and we look forward to having you back on in early December after San Francisco clinches the West. <laughs> I'll write that in my calendar right now. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Thanks, okay, Matt. Matt. Thanks a lot. That was Matt Mayoko uh, talking to San Francisco 49ers. Next segment, we'll be talking Southern Cal football. You're listening to the Talk of Fame Network. Hi, this is Kenny Houston, and you guys are listening to the Talk of Fame Network. Now, the reminder that the Talk of Fame Network is brought to you by Geico Insurance, where 15 minutes can save you 15% or more on car insurance. For more details, go to geico.com. We're also brought to you by Grasshopper, the entrepreneur's phone system. Turn your mobile phone into a business phone system with Grasshopper and get a local or toll-free number or just bring your own. To see how it works, just go to grasshopper.com. Here's a little ditty about that John Deere mower deck that mows faster, better. It's not how fast you mow, my friends. It's how well you mow fast. If you just mow fast, but your yard looks bad, then you got a lot of ugly grass. You need a John Deere to take care of your yard. You need a Z-Track Z345 home. It's not how fast you mow, my friends. It's how well you mow fast. The XL deck's got more capacity for yards like yours that get to grass. If you want to mow well in the higher gear, see a John Deere dealer, nothing runs like a deer. Hi, this is Lori Grenier. You've seen me on Shark Tank. If you're like me, you probably rely on your phone to get things done. So I know you'll want to hear about Cabbage's mobile app. Cabbage has created a simple way for business owners to get funding from their phones. Download the mobile app and you can complete the application in minutes and access funds anytime. Cabbage has provided over $2.5 billion in funding to 90,000 small businesses. Download the Cabbage app today or call 888-CABBAGE. That's Cabbage with a K, K K-A-B-B-A-G-E. A good night's sleep starts with the right pillow. That's where MyPillow comes in, and now for a limited time, just go to MyPillow.com, click the Radio Listener Special tab, and use promo code SKY to get two premium king or queen pillows and two additional go-anywhere travel pillows, all for 50% off and free shipping. That's MyPillow.com, promo code SKY, or call 1-800-635-1825. 1-800-635-1825. Remember when a small business needed a landline? Today, landlines are a thing of the past with Grasshopper, the entrepreneur's phone system. On the road, at the beach, or at home, Grasshopper helps you grow your business. Get all the features of a business phone system and the freedom of a cell phone with our iPhone and Android apps. Features include multiple extensions for your team, calls forwarded to your mobile phones, voicemails transcribed and emailed, and so much more. See how it works at grasshopper.com, the entrepreneur's phone system. 
Hi, Tom Bodette. Apparently, the hip thing for businesses to do these days is target millennials. So it may sound sus coming from this baby boomer, but Motel 6 is a V-great place for your squad to stay woke or asleep. The updated rooms are hashtag blessed with contemporary floors, bedding, and flat screen TVs that are totally on fleek. Plus, their prices are always low AF. I'm Tom Bodette, and we'll keep it lit for you. Book online at motel6.com. Welcome to Geico's Motorcycle Meanderings. Oh, man, this is great. I sure saved a lot of money by switching to Geico. Scored some big savings, and now I can use their mobile app 24-7 for all sorts of stuff. Life just makes sense now. You know what doesn't make sense? If a car is called a horseless carriage, why isn't a motorcycle called a horseless horse? Hmm. Maybe it would just be adding insult to injury for the out-of-work horses. Geico Motorcycle. Savings that make sense. This is the Talk of Fame Network on SB Nation Radio. Here are your Hall of Fame voters, Ron Borges, Rick Gosselin, and Clark Judge. What we're dealing with here is a complete lack of respect for the law. Just a reminder, the Talk of Fame Network is brought to you by Grasshopper. Turn your mobile phone into a business phone system with Grasshopper, the entrepreneur's phone system. Get a local toll-free number or bring your own. See how it works? Go to grasshopper.com. Also brought to you by GEICO, where just 15 minutes can save you 15% or more on car insurance. For more details, go to geico.com. You probably should have gone 15 minutes ago. Well, we had baseball season openers last week and more home openers this week. So in keeping with the times, or at least this time of year, we ran a poll on our website, thatbetalkofanynetwork.com, of the best baseball stadiums that were used for pro football. And Goose, I think you had eight candidates there, and I know you could have had more, but how did you narrow the field, and how did you come up with the, the group that you did? Well, I could have included Three Rivers, Riverfront, the Vet, Bush Stadium, and Fulton County, but I left them off the ballot as a group because I was never a fan of those circular 1970s multi-purpose stadiums. Bad seating, bad sight lines for both sports. I tried to keep the dumps off the list. <laughs> Speaking of dumps, how about Shea? Shea Stadium. <laughs> yeah, that's another one. Yeah, exactly. Speaking wow. of dumps, how could you leave out the Oakland Coliseum dirt infield <laughs> to slam Lynn Swan onto the ground? Wall at the, the edge of the sponsors. end zone where Cliff Branch could run unwitting defensive backs right into the wall. Boop! Sorry. All great. Okay. Goose, man, let's cut to the chase. Who won? RFK with a typically huge turnout from the Redskins, Redskins Nation. You know, having been there, I can't argue with that choice. Great atmosphere. I remember Joe Gibbs once saying, and I'll paraphrase him here, quote, RFK may be a dump, but it's our dump. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> that was a dump. So, so, who would you have voted for? Well, I grew up attending games at Brick Stadium, Detroit, so I've always had a fondness for that old bull yard. Wow. I think at Fenway wrong? Park, briefly, Fenway Park was the home, believe it or not, of yeah. your Boston Patriots. Bad teams in the summertime, bad teams in the wintertime. <laughs> that was a bad time to be in Boston. <laughs> Ron, I'm shocked. I, I'm stunned. You were in Baltimore when I was in Baltimore, and I'm going with Baltimore's Memorial Stadium. That's a the good one. Largest insane asylum. Yeah, you know, and it, not so much Ron because of the people were in there, but uh, because of the team that was in there. And that was the Baltimore Colts from the late '50s, '60s. Even when Burt Jones is there. Man, I, I loved watching them play. Anyway, Gushi, you've got another poll up on our website, and that's the TalkTheFameNetwork.com uh, this week. You want to tell us about it? This is a thinking man or woman's poll. Uh -oh. Ron's alley. How do you measure greatness in a quarterback? Is it stats, rings, MVPs? What is line item number one on a Hall of Fame resume for a quarterback? Wow. 
wins. Yeah, rings. It's the quarterbacks are judged rings. by their jewelry. It's all about yeah, the jewelry. Exactly. Well, you well, guys can vote. Has, Those are both options. I, I, I'm <laughs> sure I will. Options. Being Raiders from Boston, finished, I'm sure I'll, I'll vote computer. three or four times. Can I bro- vote Brady ten times? Oh, no, I can't. Hey, um, as you guys should know, we're profiling the University of Southern California today. USC. That's right. Fight that on. Fight on, Trojans. It's part of our college draft series. And there are plenty, and I mean plenty of great players and coaches. I think plenty of great music, too, from there, including our two guests today. That would be Carson Palmer and Lynn Swan. Goose, you're a draft expert. Best draft pick out of SC. I think the easy answer is OJ, uh, who won the Heisman and became the first player ever to rush 2,000 yards in a season for the Bills, and he did it in a 14-game season. But was OJ the greatest runner in NFL history? I can't say that, but I can say that Anthony Munoz was the greatest tackle in NFL history. Mm-hmm. And he was Southern Cal grad, so I'd probably go with Munoz. Oh, friend of the show. Exactly. Big friend of the show. Actually, I was going to go with Munoz myself, but but now forget about Munoz if somebody else wants to take him. Uh, how about Ronnie Lott? How about Junior Seau? And you hit upon him before. The juice. I understand. He ran into a few problems, but he, he ran over a lot of defensive backs before he ran into those problems. Juice was the best. Ron, you stunned me here. How did you leave out Marcus Allen, former Ooh, good one. That's a good one. That's well, a good one. Really... Well, now, tear up your answers and just say Marcus Allen. Because, hey, listen, it's a question I've got for you because I thought you were going to say hey, I got another Marcus one Allen. for you. How would you forget Frank Gifford? Oh, oh, boy. Yeah, Frank Gifford. Hall of Fame runner, receiver, broadcaster, good-looking guy. Yeah. Great like Goose. He has a great it all. Guy. And a great guy. <laughs> great, guy. great guy. Yeah. Great guy. Yeah. Ron, if, if there were a great Patriot out of SC, would you give yeah. him the same love that you give, let's say, Frank Gifford or the Raiders? No, I give my love to Charlie Hanna, who played for the Raiders. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, Gooseman, most memorable SC game. Okay, that's an easy one for me. It was a game I attended back in 1972, the first time I had ever been to Cal- California, the first time I'd ever been to the Coliseum in L.A. I was sports editor of the Michigan State student newspaper back then. Flew with the team to the game. Michigan State gets the wins kickoff, punts the ball away. Lynn Swan returns at 92 yards. Southern Cal goes on to win 51-6. Swan catches a 30-yard touchdown pass. Long, quiet plane ride home. <laughs> Goose, we got Lynn Swan coming up next. You going to ask him about that? I'll bring it up. You can count on that. Wow. Now, that's <laughs> okay. a game memorable only because it was memorable to you. I got a game that's memorable that's memorable. The 67th game of the century, number one UCLA against number four USC for the conference title. In essence, the national title and the Heisman Trophy. SC wins 21-20. You all remember the moment, 10:38 to play. They're supposed to pass yeah. the ball. They call for an audible. 23 blast on third and seven, to which O.J. Simpson told me years later, I was standing back there and I said to myself, does he know it's third and seven? <laughs> they gave him the ball. He ran to the left. He cut back to the right. He went up the middle. 64 yards for the winning touchdown. O.J. Simpson, although he did not win the Heisman that year still went to Gary Beeman, uh, UCLA's quarterback, yeah, threw for right. 301 yards with broken ribs. And that day, one of our great idols, Jim Murray, the great sports writer, wrote, if Beeman wins the Heisman, they ought to fill it with aspirin. <laughs> <laughs> That's why he was a great sports writer. Exactly. Hey, Goose, since you mentioned uh, 72, the best SC team, was it that 72 team? Yeah. Yeah, that team won 12 and owner John McKay, Swan, Anthony Davis, Sam Bam Cunningham. 
Michigan State wasn't the only team that lost 51-6 to Southern Cal. They also beat Oregon State by that score. They put 55 on Illinois. Southern Cal held seven opponents to a single touchdown or fewer and then smoked Ohio State in the Rose Bowl. Yeah, I agree. Goose, the, 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 the smallest margin of victory for that team was nine points with Stanford. They beat Stanford 30-21, beat everyone else by you know 10 or more. You know everybody forgets on so that arrogant. team is Charles Young, the tight end. He was on that team, too. Yeah, yeah. Great player. Was that the best team you saw, best SC team you saw, Ron? Oh, yeah, 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 I think so. I mean, they uh, they had everything, and uh, and they used it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, uh, the coach was John McKay, and I, I'm in the Tampa Bay area today, as you know, and former uh, SC coach John McKay was here as a pro coach. He was terrific in college, and not so good for the Tampa Bay Bucks. So my question about coaches would be, who would be the one SC coach you choose to win a big game? In college, John McKay. In the NFL, Pete Carroll. Ron? Wow. Howard Jones goes there from 25 to 40 and made them the national powerhouse. He replaced a coach named Gloomy Gus Henderson. <laughs> he went 121, 20, 36, and 3 in 16 years, won four national titles, 5-0 and in the Rose Bowl. Didn't get much better than that. And they went from Gloomy Gus to Happy Howard. Howard Jones, plus he had some top 40 hits. Hey, uh, what's the best thing about Southern Cal Goose? Fight song, band, cheerleaders, coliseum, the Trojan mascot riding the horse around the field after touchdowns, the entire game day atmosphere, the color, the pageantry. Southern Cal is a college football experience at its finest. There's think four, you covered it all, Ron. There are four great things about Southern Cal. The cheerleaders, followed by the cheerleaders, followed by the cheerleader uniforms, followed by the cheerleaders in those uniforms. <laughs> I got two words for you guys, song girls. Hey, that's enough about the school. We're going to talk with one of his best players, and now its current athletic director, be Lynn Swan. He's coming up next. You're listening to the Talk of Fame Network. This is 2015 Hall of Famer Tim Brown, and you're listening to the Talk of Fame Network. Now, the reminder that the Talk of Fame Network is brought to you by Geico Insurance, where 15 minutes can save you 15% or more on car insurance. For more details, go to geico.com. Hi, Tom Bodette. According to the dad bod craze, the lumpy, less-than-chiseled look is now totally in. So you could say I'm in the best shape of my life, and so is Motel 6. They've updated their properties nationwide with contemporary everything, still for the same low price you've come to expect. So your wallet can feel a little pleasantly plump, too. I'm Tom Bodette, and we'll leave the light on for you. Book online at motel6.com. Geico presents a voicemail from your friend, Washing Machine. Hi, it's Washing Machine. It's about, oh, 7 o'clock on Wednesday. So, good news, bad news. First, I found your lost sock. Exciting. Also, I might have maybe flooded the whole basement. It's going to be pretty expensive. But hey, at least you got that sock. Your washing machine won't pay for water damage. Luckily, one call to the GEICO Insurance Agency makes it easy to switch and save on homeowner's insurance. As an entrepreneur, you're always on the go. So turn your mobile phone into a business phone system with Grasshopper, the entrepreneur's phone system. Make and receive business calls using our iPhone and Android apps. Get a new business number or keep your current one. Forward your calls to any phone and even get your voicemails transcribed. Join over 250,000 small businesses who stay connected with Grasshopper. See how it works at grasshopper.com, the entrepreneur's phone system. Hi, this is Lori Grenier. You've seen me on Shark Tank. If you're like me, you probably rely on your phone to get things done. So I know you'll want to hear about Cabbage's mobile app. 
Cabbage has created a simple way for business owners to get funding from their phones. Download the mobile app and you can complete the application in minutes and access funds anytime. Cabbage has provided over $2.5 billion in funding to 90,000 small businesses. Download the Cabbage app today or call 888-CABBAGE. That's Cabbage with a K, K-A-B-B-A-G-E. This is the Talk of Fame Network on SB Nation Radio. Here are your Hall of Fame voters, Ron Borges, Rick Gosselin, and Clark Judge. Our next guest knows plenty about Southern Cal. He played there, he starred there, and now he's the athletic director there. I'm speaking, of course, of former star wide receiver Lynn Swan, who was a consensus All-America at Southern Cal, a first-round NFL draft pick of the Pittsburgh Steelers, a four-time Super Bowl champion, as well as a Super Bowl MVP, and a 2001 Hall of Fame inductee. Lynn Swan, thanks for joining us. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you for having me on. And maybe some of our listeners don't know, but you attended the same high school in San Mateo as Tom Brady. How much pressure was there for you to stay in state, and was the choice to go to Southern Cal an easy one? Well, there was probably more pressure, or people had a preconceived idea that I should go to Stanford as opposed to Southern California. My high school quarterback, Jesse Freitas Jr., whose father... Hmm. Jesse Frey, the senior, played for the San Francisco Dons, uh, was uh, at Stanford, and he was a year ahead of me. Uh, so a lot of folks in the Bay Area felt like that was going to be where I would go to school. Uh, Plunkett was there already. Uh, they threw the ball a lot, and so there were a lot of folks that thought, well, we'll just drive down the uh, peninsula, and we'll see him play for the next four years. Well, the other thing that's interesting to me, uh, Lynn, is in, I believe in the 1970 CIF State Championship track meet, uh, you beat Randy Williams in the long jump, who went on and won the Olympic gold medal in 72 and the silver medal in 76. Why didn't you pursue track and field and just keep on jumping? Well, in, in, in 1971, uh, when I was a sophomore at USC, we were 6-4-1. Second consecutive year that we did not make the Rose Bowl after being in the Rose Bowl, I think it was three consecutive years uh, prior to that. It might have been more, but three for sure. And John McKay felt like uh, the team was too talented to post a 6-4-1 and record. Uh, it was a terrible tie against UCLA at the end of the season. And so he kind of said, uh, look, everybody's going to be at spring practice uh, unless uh, the head coach of the baseball team or basketball team or track team, whatever other sport you thought you could play, came to him and personally could convince him that you didn't have to be at spring practice. And at that time, the track coach felt like he couldn't come in and make that argument for me. Uh, and so uh, I was at spring practice. And that kind of took me out of uh, the whole track season, did not get a chance to compete. But maybe that's, maybe that's good for me. You know, not that not that I would have beaten Randy Williams uh, the next time because he did a terrific job. He won the gold, but I always keep saying that you know, well, I did beat him once early <laughs> in his career, uh, but he continued to improve and did quite well. Led in 1972, Southern Cal went 12 and 0, including a demolition of Ohio State in the Rose Bowl, and you were voted the top team in the country. And as a footnote, I was in the Coliseum press box the night you returned a punt 92 yards for a touchdown, and you whipped Michigan State 51-6. to Keith yes. Jackson once said that was the greatest college team he'd ever ever seen. How about you? How good was that club? 
Well, I, I think we were certainly the best in 1972. Uh, <laughs> and uh, when you look at the guys who were drafted and played in the NFL uh, from that team, uh, certainly the record would indicate that uh, there was an ample amount of uh, talent there. And John McKay's coaching staff, uh, you know, was you know was astute, and the coach was correct that you know there was too much talent on the team to be six four and one in the previous season, uh, and we kind of you know bore that out. So whether we we're the best of all time, maybe the best up to that time, maybe the best for quite a bit afterwards. Uh, there are a lot of really good college football teams that have come down the pike since then, you know, and and for my money. Uh, whether it's college football or professional football, uh, the game has changed. The science of sport has changed. The training techniques have changed. The nutrition has changed. And so it's hard to compare sometimes, you know, one decade after another. Or, you know, maybe it's two to every every two decades. Maybe you can you can compare those teams for a 20-year period of time, but you, you can't necessarily go back 30 years, 40 years, and say who's the best. I bet you'd like your chances if, you, if that team was playing, though. <laughs> well, Pretty good team. I, 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 I like my chances, but I, I'd prefer to see what would happen to a guy like Joe Green, who played for North Texas and uh, was uh, you know, in, in the Pro Bowl and, and a great player, what he could have done with today's training and conditioning and what kind of player he might have been uh, in, the, in the game today. Uh, that would have been something to see. <laughs> Lynn, how did... How did... Uh, John McKay impact you, impact you as a player and as a person. You know, it just his his way he went about things. I mean, uh, Coach McKay coached the coaches, uh, and they in turn coached the players. Uh, he was organized. Uh, he had a philosophy. Everybody adhered to his philosophy and what he wanted to do. Uh, he had a habit of, uh, you know, when you lost a game, he wasn't going to beat you up too much. But when you won a game, he wasn't going to have you go out and thinking so highly of yourself that you didn't have to get better. Uh, and that worked for him. He could be very blunt at times. I recall a game at Washington, and it was raining. It was cold. Uh, we were ahead uh, by a little bit, I think, at halftime. And But he came in, and, and the whole speech was about getting out there, executing, put the ball on the ground, run the clock out, and get out of this cold weather. <laughs> <laughs> a couple weeks ago, we had uh, Michael Irvin on here in uh talking about the University of Miami uh, in his days there, and uh, we asked him who was his most talented team, and, and he gave us a defensive back that, frankly, we'd never heard of. kind of wondering, who was the most talented teammate you played with at SC? Well, there are a lot of guys, I think, that uh, could fit that category, but uh, probably none more than Sam Cunningham, who was our fullback, number 39, uh, drafted in the first round to the New England Patriots. I think he was uh, placed on their wall of uh, honor yep. of their Hall of Fame. Uh, he was uh, the star fullback uh, in a game that USC played in 1970 against Alabama uh, that really was the key and the impetus for Bear Bryant at that time to recruit black athletes uh, at the University of Alabama, unlocking uh, the opportunity for many young African-American men to young men to uh, play in the SEC. What was your favorite memory from your time on campus as a student? Graduation. <laughs> <laughs> Mine too. <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, it was pretty good. Look, we had some great football teams and uh, some great teammates and a lot of wonderful experiences in college and, and made lifelong friends. But uh, to have been here for four years, 
to have my degree from uh, USC School of Journalism to uh, graduate on time, uh, and and then you add to that uh, to be able to have played in two Rose Bowls, to have won a national championship. Uh, you know, with my teammates, uh, you know, all of the team goals I think are the most important. That was great. That was that was actually the the very best. That was an exclamation mark on my four years as the AD. Now, obviously, the tremendous history of USC football that goes back almost it seems forever, back to Howard Jones at least. What are you hoping to see happen with USC football under your leadership? Well, it's not just USC football. It's with all 21 of our sports. I'd like to see all of our athletes uh, get a degree. Uh, and whatever amount of time they're here at USC, uh, to at least be on track to get that degree in four years. And many of our athletes, I think, are capable of getting it in three or three and a half years, uh, staying in summer school, working out, conditioning, those kinds of things, adding more credits, uh, even coming away with uh, credits towards a master's degree. So that's that's the primary thing. And then their college experience to be able to be on a winning team, to be on a championship team, to play in the Rose Bowl, to win a Rose Bowl, to win a national championship. Uh, you know, our women's soccer team won the national championship uh, uh, this this last fall. Our, our men's water polo team competed for a national championship. Our women's water polo team is playing well. Track and field under Coach Gilbert is doing extraordinarily well. Our women's beach volleyball team has won back-to-back national championships, and, and they, they want to win the third. Our men's and women's golf team is ranked in the top five in the country, playing extraordinarily well. So we want them to have that winning experience because I think it helps them through life. And the third thing is is to have a great college experience. Uh, you know, for, for student-athletes, there's a lot of work being on the team. Glenn, thanks for your time, and, and the best of luck this season and all of your coming years at Southern Cal. Appreciate that. Thank you. Thanks, Lynn. Uh, that was Hall of Fame wide receiver Lynn Swan, now the USC Athletic Director. Up next, you'll hear why it's not always good to spend the first-round draft pick on a quarterback. You're listening to the Talk of Fame Network. This is Willie McGinnis, and you're listening to the Talk of Fame Network. Hi, Tom Bodette, trying to align my chakras around this hot yoga thing. Yep, they finally found a way to make working out even more uncomfortable. Well, at least with Motel 6, you've got one less thing to sweat. They've got clean, comfortable, and now completely updated rooms at a great low price. So the only thing you're stretching is your dollar. Sounds like my kind of place to namaste. I'm Tom Bodette, and we'll leave the light and the AC on for you. Book online at motel6.com. Here's a little ditty about that John Deere mower deck that mows faster, better. It's not how fast you mow, my friends, it's how well you mow fast. If you just mow fast, but your yard looks bad, then you got a lot of ugly grass. You need a John Deere to take care of your yard, you need a Z-Track Z345 horse. It's not how fast you mow, my friends, it's how well you mow fast. The XL deck's got more capacity for yards like yours that get to grassity. Want to mow well in the higher gear, see a John Deere dealer, nothing runs like a deer. Remember when a small business needed a landline? Today, landlines are a thing of the past with Grasshopper, the entrepreneur's phone system. On the road, at the beach, or at home, Grasshopper helps you grow your business. Get all the features of a business phone system and the freedom of a cell phone with our iPhone and Android apps. Features include multiple extensions for your team, calls forwarded to your mobile phones, voicemails transcribed and emailed, and so much more. See how it works at grasshopper.com, the entrepreneur's phone system. Hi, this is Lori Grenier. You've seen me on Shark Tank. 
If you're like me, you probably rely on your phone to get things done. So I know you'll want to hear about Cabbage's mobile app. Cabbage has created a simple way for business owners to get funding from their phones. Download the mobile app and you can complete the application in minutes and access funds anytime. Cabbage has provided over $2.5 billion in funding to 90,000 small businesses. Download the Cabbage app today or call 888-CABBAGE. That's Cabbage with a K, K K-A-B-B-A-G-E. This is the Talk of Fame Network on SB Nation Radio. Here are your Hall of Fame voters, Ron Borges, Rick Gosselin, and Clark Judge. As an entrepreneur, you're always on the go, right? So turn your mobile phone into a business phone system with Grasshopper. Get a local or toll-free number or bring your own. See how it works? Just go to grasshopper.com. You also go to geico.com. In fact, she was gone 15 minutes ago because Geico can save you 15% or more on car insurance. For more details, go to geico.com. You should have gone, as I said, 15 minutes ago. Well, maybe you noticed, and then again, maybe you didn't, but the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame last week inducted six new members. That would be Yes, Journey, ELO, Pearl Jam, Joan Baez, Tupac Shakur. Here's first question. What in the name of Eddie Vedder are Joan Baez and Tupac Shakur doing in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? I'm guessing, like the Pro Bowl vote, it includes a fan vote. And that's when things tend uh, to get out of whack, when popularity trumps performance. Okay, Gooseman. Second question. You did so well on that one. Because this is a Hall of Fame show, which group or individual that isn't in the Rock Hall of Fame would you induct? The Iron Butterfly. I'm a guy to the Vita alone. Makes the butterfly Hall of Fame worthy. <laughs> wow, I'm a guy of life. He's revealing a lot about himself playing that thing. Okay, but, uh, <laughs> well, guy. in honor of my great and Long good friend Tupac Shakur. Uh, I want to. I would like to see my rapper boxing pals, Fat Joe and Flo Rida, to go in there right by him, so he's not alone. I'm sure, Clark, that you remember the famous song, "Jose." That's in J O S E. Jealous ones still envy. Get it? <laughs> no, I don't. I, I'm sorry. I, don't. I bet you rap that <laughs> nightly. I, I don't. Hey, I've got a question for you guys. Very simple one. Todd is God. How can he not be in the Hall of Fame? I rock call until there's a Todd call. There he is. Simple as that. Todd Rundgren. Come on down. I saw the light. You should too, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Put him in. Maybe he's not God. <laughs> maybe, he's, maybe he's just a God. disciple. <laughs> there's God right there. Gentlemen, the Cleveland Browns have a huge hole on their depth chart at quarterback yet are leaning toward drafting a defensive player with the first overall pick of the 2017 draft. And I can't say that I blame them. History has not been kind to teams that have claimed quarterbacks with the first overall picks of drafts. All those young arms arrive with quote-unquote franchise tags, but few wind up living up to that billing. Since AFL-NFL merged drafts in 1967, there have been 22 quarterbacks who have been taken first overall in drafts. Only eight wound up taking their teams to Super Bowls, and only six won when they got there. Of those six, only three won a Lombardi Trophy for a team that drafted them. Terry Bradshaw, Troy Aikman, and Peyton Manning. Jim Plunkett, John Elway, and Eli Manning all won for teams that did not draft them. Of those 22, only four went on to become NFL MVPs. Bradshaw, Elway, Peyton Manning, and Cam Newton. 
Only three of the 22 are now enshrined in Canton, Bradshaw, Elway, and Aikman, although Peyton Manning will be the fourth in a few years down the road. You can hit on an Aikman and Manning, but that's the gamble. The downside is that a Tim Couch, David Carr, or Jamarcus Russell could be waiting for you when you go on the clock. And it was the Browns who drafted Couch. So if Texas A&M pass rusher Miles Garrett is Cleveland's choice for the first pick, they can always hope to find a Drew Brees in the second round or a Joe Montana in the third. It's a roll of the dice in whatever round you draft quarterback. Well, Goose, uh, <laughs> it seems to me that the problem uh, develops when they reach for a quarterback that doesn't really deserve the spot. The high draft the QB who everybody knew was going to be a star seems to come through. So isn't this a debate over who is even the best this year? So why would you take a quarterback this year? Well, because if you don't have a quarterback, you will reach. That's the nature of football. If you don't have a quarterback, you don't have a chance. If you draft a quarterback, it excites your fan base, and that's what the offseason's all about, selling your fans on the prospect that one day you can win a championship because you now have your quarterback in place. You just hope that that guy you draft is Peyton Manning and not Jamarcus Russell. But, Goose, there are very few Peyton Mannings out there. What would your message to the fan base be that says, we've got to get a quarterback, it's the most important position? They have to understand it's about winning football games. Well, that is the two-minute warning. It means we're almost at the end of our show. Goose, man, you got the two-minute drill again. Get to it. What position does Michigan do-it-all Jabril Peppers play in the NFL? That's a tough one. Lotus or fetal? Uh, maybe he plays the position of bust. Jack-of-all-trades are often masters of none. Is Atlanta's Desmond Trufant really a $68 million cornerback? Yes, he is. That's why Desmond took the trolley to the jewelry store. Uh, never mind. Oh, no. If they give you the money, <laughs> you're worth it. He got the money. Why would the Ravens trade a young starting defensive tackle with pass rush skills and sending Timmy Jernigan to the Eagles? Simple goose, act of brotherly love. <laughs> because they uh, didn't feel they'd be able to pay him in a year and they didn't want to lose him for nothing. So Ozzie Newsom thought he got pretty good value. Better something than nothing. Joey Bosa, Joey Heatherton, or Joey Chestnut? What is this, a trick question? Anyone who saw Joey Heatherton would never ask that question. <laughs> Goose man, I like hot dogs, but I like Joey Heatherton better. Speaking of Bosa, who's the next NFL pass rusher to collect a 20-sack season? Joey Bosa. Mac the Knife, Khalil Mack of the Raiders. <laughs> there are 32 starting quarterbacks in the NFL. How many would you label as franchise quarterbacks? One, Tom Brady. He's the entire franchise. <laughs> a dozen, but I'm being kind. Since 1984, when the NFL introduced balance scheduling, 27 teams have vaulted from worst to first in the span of a season. Which team stands the best chance of a worst to first turnaround in 2017? That'd be the Los Angeles Traders, also known as the Los Angeles Chargers. I would say the Carolina Panthers. The division is weak, and they and Cam Newton are not. Who's the most underrated player in the NFL? Tom Brady. No matter what you say about him, Ugh. not enough. Get a life, will you? Uh, defensive tackle Allen Branch is in a two-gap system. He's a star, but a two-gap system doesn't produce star stats. Who's the most overrated player in the NFL? All depends, Goose, on if Tony Romo plays again. If not, Colin Kaepernick. Way too much talk about a guy who's 2-16 in the past two years. 
I think the winner of the Big Hat No Cattle Award is Andy Dalton. 0-4 in the playoffs. One touchdown pass, six picks. We're coming to a close on our NFL draft season, so excluding show favorite Michigan State, which college has the best fight song? Dartmouth. <laughs> if USC got rid of the two-minute intro, it would be them, but it's not, so shake down the thunder from the sky, baby. Notre Dame. <laughs> We'd like to thank Lynn Swan, Carson Palmer, and Matt Mayoko for joining us, Derek Burns for producing us, and you for listening to us. If you'd like to hear this or any podcast, just go to our website, talkoffamenetwork.com, or find us on iTunes or your podcast app. Otherwise, catch us this time and on this station next week when I promise I will be back in the studio. We'll be here. We hope you will be, too. Hi, Tom Bodette. According to the dad bod craze, the lumpy, less-than-chiseled look is now totally in. So you could say I'm in the best shape of my life. And so is Motel 6. They've updated their properties nationwide with contemporary everything, still for the same low price you've come to expect. So your wallet can feel a little pleasantly plump, too. I'm Tom Bodette, and we'll leave the light on for you. Book online at motel6.com. As an entrepreneur, you're always on the go. So turn your mobile phone into a business phone system with Grasshopper, the entrepreneur's phone system. Make and receive business calls using our iPhone and Android apps. Get a new business number or keep your current one. Forward your calls to any phone and even get your voicemails transcribed. Join over 250,000 small businesses who stay connected with Grasshopper. See how it works at grasshopper.com, the entrepreneur's phone system. Hi, this is Lori Grenier. You've seen me on Shark Tank. If you're like me, you probably rely on your phone to get things done. So I know you'll want to hear about Cabbage's mobile app. Cabbage has created a simple way for business owners to get funding from their phones. Download the mobile app and you can complete the application in minutes and access funds anytime. Cabbage has provided over $2.5 billion in funding to 90,000 small businesses. Download the Cabbage app today or call 888-CABBAGE. That's Cabbage with a K, K-A-B-B-A-G-E. Geico presents a voicemail from your friend Bicycle. Uh, <laughs> hello, it's, it's, it's your bike here. So about last night, sorry, I kind of just ran off with that bike thief. I just want you to know it's not anything you did. And, and I'm not trying to make excuses here, but I do have wheels. They roll. Anyway, hope you're insured. I'll see your stolen grill says hey. When your stuff runs off, it doesn't pay you back. Luckily, the GEICO Insurance Agency makes getting coverage a snap. Visit GEICO.com to see how affordable renter's insurance can be.